Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. Hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. We click. With questions and participants from all around the world. Anthony Edwards! Put that on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slam and Jam. Back is, I missed this shot, I'll walk away, I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show and get The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. It's a steal of a deal because today we had a, a trade, a crazy trade. What felt like an uneventful offseason turned into just a, a crazy day. And with us to break it down, I've got Alex Spears. Ah, hi, Andrew. Oh, hey. And we've got Sam Bassini. Sam, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? You know what the funny thing is about that crazy deck? So, mm. as people who've listened to Slam and Jam before know, I live in Australia. And I woke up early today. I was on it. I woke up at like 6.15. I was like, I'm going to get a great early start on the day. Maybe I'll do some draft guide stuff. Maybe I'll do like, you know, I'm, I'm prepping for the 2023 draft. I wake up. I have like seven text messages, seven or eight text <laughs> messages. Like... One of them is from co-host of the Game Theory podcast, Adam Spinella, and he's like, yeah. I can't wait for you to wake up and see what just happened. <laughs> and I immediately go to Shams's page, go to Woj's page, and it's just like, Donovan Mitchell has been traded to Cleveland. And I'm just like, what just happened in my life? Or? Like, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, please tell me what's going on. Um but yeah, no, you guys had all day to kind of preface this. I was like groggy trying to figure out my life, watch seeing Donovan yeah. Mitchell get traded <laughs> like an hour and a half before that happened. It's so crazy. Uh, so here's the trade. Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland for Colin Sexton in a sign-in trade. Oche Abaji, Laurie Markkinen, three unprotected first and two unprotected pick swaps. Uh, let's start with Cleveland, though. What do you think about Mitchell's fit in Cleveland and how dramatically does this change your opinion of the Cavs in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I love the fit offensively. I've seen some concerns about that uh, raised by really smart people. Like I know that Kevin Pelton and his trade grades thing over DSPN kind of noted that like he's a little bit worried about the fact that Cleveland didn't run a lot of pick and roll last year and Donovan and Darius are both like pretty pick and roll uh, heavy guards. I'm a little bit less concerned about that because both Donovan and Darius have proven the ability to play off the ball at this point. Like early in the season, when the Cavs had their most successful run uh, this past year, a lot of it came with the Ricky Rubio-Darius Garland combination. I thought that was actually their most effective backcourt this Mm -hmm. past year. And... Donovan Mitchell obviously played a lot with Mike Conley and Mike is a guy that kind of shifts both on and off ball, really good shooter. Um, I'm not really worried about the fact that they both have better metrics shooting off the bounce than off the catch. I think that that's 
like they both have incredible natural touch. Like, I think that that's something that, you know, as they continue to move into the roles that they have, those guys will get better at shooting off the catch than off the bounce. Like it's just the Darius throughout the course of his life. Um, you know, up from the time that he was a junior in high school until he played in the NBA was a point guard and really developed that pull-up game at a really high level. But the thing about Darius also, and part of the reason that he is so good at playing without the ball and how he developed those skills early on in his life was he was like an off-ball, like shooting guard almost at six foot or like five foot seven or something when he was a freshman and sophomore playing on like Brad Beal elite. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's going to be fine offensively. I have some concerns defensively in the same way that I had concerns about a Colin Sexton and Darius Garland uh, backcourt defensively. And I had same concerns about Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson defensively, if he would have gone to New York. But the thing is that Cleveland has such a good uh, structure and insulation with Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. It's going to be harder to really take advantage of those guys in ball screens because there's always going to be a rim protector there. And it's going to be harder, I think, um, for teams to take advantage of them, you know, getting guys out on island because like Cleveland runs a fair amount of zone, like comparatively to other teams in the NBA. So I think that when I first saw the deal, my initial reaction was negative for Cleveland. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of come to terms with what they actually gave up and like the value of those picks. I think it, it's a really good deal for Cleveland. The more that I think about it. Yeah. Where would you put them in the East? I've seen a lot of people have them as like a team that's competing for home court advantage which is kind of crazy to think about because this team was picking third in the 2021 draft because yeah. they stunk and just how quickly things can turn if you pick the right guy, which they did in Evan Mobley. They've made a few trades and like now it's like we're talking about them as like potentially top half of the East. Like, are you that in on this team? Yeah, I said on the podcast, um, Game Theory podcast that I recorded with uh, Spins that I think they're going to get a home playoff series. This year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're like a threat to win in the playoffs yet necessarily because they don't have a ton of experience outside of Donovan. Like, I think that that would have been so beneficial for them this year to get a playoff series. Um, but unfortunately, they just lost in the play in uh, both times. And it's a shame because I think it would have been really beneficial now, especially. But nonetheless, like they're in a good position to, I think, be a very successful regular season team because this is a top five defense. Let's even say that Donovan pushes them down to like 10, which I think is like aggressive, but yeah. uh, let, let's say that it happens. This is going to be a, you know, top 10 ish offense, I think in the yeah. league. And if you're a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense in the regular season, you're probably getting a home playoff series, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the thing about the rest of the East is that Miami's a little bit older. They're probably going to rest guys throughout the season. Joel Embiid is probably going to miss, 20 games throughout the course of the season. James Harden, you know, Philly is trying to get to the playoffs. Like that's the thing at the end of the day. So I think some of these teams, they might prioritize getting to the playoffs, whereas Cleveland will prioritize trying to figure out its roster and trying to like, you know, play together and play all of its guys as many games as they can. Yep. And I wonder if like, you know, 
maybe Philly finishes fifth in the Eastern conference or something like that, even though like, I really like Philly and I would have them, you know, as like my second or third favorite to come out of the East in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, re- the regular season, in the NBA is just a different beast than it is in the playoffs. So one of the reasons why we were so shocked is because everyone kind of assumed the Knicks were going to be the end game of all of this. Yeah. Woj reported on Thursday that the final Knicks offer included RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, two unprotected firsts, a top five protected first, which may have actually been that top four protected Milwaukee pick, two seconds, two swaps, and two expirings. You wrote a great article on The Athletic this week about R.J. Barrett and his potential. So assuming that Barrett was the best player being offered up by either team, how big of a difference do you see between that Knicks final offer and then what Cleveland ended up giving up for Mitchell? Look, I am high on RJ and I understand that I am higher than the league consensus on RJ because I am one of the people who believes him. And like the whole premise of what I wrote, you know, based on conversations that I've had throughout the years with scouts, GMs, assistant GMs, pro personnel scouts at this point, college scouts. Like I've the number of conversations I've had about RJ Barrett throughout the course of my life at this point, you know, there have been, too many, too, too, too many to count. And he's just a polarizing guy. Like that's what it comes down to. Like, because he's been a known commodity now for like seven years and he's only 22 years old, but because he's been a known commodity forever, he is just one of those guys that people have set in stone opinions of. Right. Like think about this. Like I put this in the article, RJ Barrett is 10 months older than Jalen Williams, who was selected by the Oklahoma city thunder. Uh, 12th wow. overall, right guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, 10 months right. older. Yep. Uh, Jalen Williams, I would venture teams probably have like a year and a half of scouting data. And like yeah. some of the early stuff on Jalen Williams, like from last year at Santa Clara, early this year at Santa Clara, is probably pretty basic. Like, hey, he's a guy we need to track. You know what I mean? Um NBA teams genuinely probably have like six to seven years of scouting data on Jalen or on RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. And again, he's only 10 months older than Jalen Williams. Like <laughs> the level of Intel and information that teams have on RJ in comparison to what they have on like someone like Jalen Williams, who is basically his same age and was just selected. It's pretty staggering. Right. And that's why I think that despite the age, despite Um, The fact that he's undeniably an unfinished product teams just, they're going to feel one way or another about RJ. And I think that what this kind of goes to show is that Utah probably didn't feel that way about RJ. They they probably Mm -hmm. were on the lower end. And with that being the case, I understand taking this Utah. I understand taking this Cleveland offer. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally would have taken the Knicks offer given the parameters that Alex just laid out in terms of what Woj reported. Um, I believe in RJ, even if you want to flip RJ, I think that RJ is uh, a better asset than Colin Sexton and Lowry Markkinen combined. Um, I like Oshai Baji. I think Oshai is somewhere between like a fifth and eighth man on an NBA Oshai Baji, by the way, older than RJ Barrett. Correct. That's right. <laughs> Hadn't uh, played a game I in the I NBA yet. In, yeah. yeah, I think I wrote that in the story as well. Yeah, um, you did. I, look, 
I, I get why you would take the Cleveland offer. It's just that I would rather bet on RJ on some level, especially when your books are going to be so clean uh, after this season, because you're going to move Boyan. Probably you're probably going to move Mike, Mike Conley, probably going to move Jordan Clarkson. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's, I would have rather taken the Knicks deal. And like the bigger part of this is if I could pose you guys this question now, would you rather bet on two unprotected Knicks picks in, you know, 2026 and 2028, 2027 and 2029, whatever, or three unprotected picks from the team that has Evan Mobley? Exactly. That's, that was my thing with this trade. Like, obviously it's a great picks haul. Just quantity is awesome. And some of those picks could turn out great, but this isn't like the other picks packages we've seen where like you're trading 30 plus year old James Harden to Brooklyn to pair with other 30 year olds who you know are going to be on the decline in like four years. Like Evan Mobley is going to be 28 when the furthest out pick is conveyed. And I feel like Evan Mobley has a chance to be a generational player. And that's like ignoring the fact that they have Darius Garland. They have Jarrett Allen. Like they have, I think it was four potential or for all stars or I'm including Evan Mobley. Oh, in so, that. so here, 26 Alex, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give it to you. So there are two teams in the NBA right now that have three guys that were named to the 2022 all-star team. They are the golden state warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And those three guys on the Cavs that were named all-stars were not Evan Mobley. And yeah, right. Evan Mobley is undeniably the guy that is like the best asset on this. And they're team. all 25 so. and younger. I mean, Gar- Garland's yeah. still 22. Yep. Yeah. Like he's yeah, going to get I, I better. That, yeah. Like I thought Jared Allen was like 25 or 26 when I recorded the show earlier and he's still 24. Like he's 24. He just turned 24 <laughs> yeah. in April. Yeah. I looked like, it up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a, a totally different conversation for me. So it's, it's still nice, the quantity of picks and they could still use those picks in the future, but it is like not comparable to some of these other trades that we've seen. And for that reason, I look at the Knicks roster in comparison and you're taking R.J. Barrett off of it if you're sending Donovan Mitchell. And now you have those same questions about the backcourt, except you don't have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley behind them. Like, I'd feel much better about the future of those picks yeah. in, in the same scenario. And, and by the way, like in that same scenario, I know that Knicks fans like are begging for a star, right? Like, And I totally acknowledge that. But like, so you're now pairing, you're getting rid of R.J. Barrett. You're pairing Jalen Brunson with Donovan Mitchell, which has its own defensive limitations. You're probably relying on Julius Randle, like bouncing back at this point, uh, you know, in that vein, right? Like you're hoping for Julius Randle bounce back. You're hoping that Mitchell Robinson takes a leap, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Hoping for an Obi Toppin leap. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, I think that team doesn't compete for the next two years at the very least. And then you're going into a Donovan Mitchell potential, you know, opt out year essentially, because he can opt out in 2025 and you guys aren't winning probably like maybe you're winning 45 games a year. You're not winning, you know, to yeah. an enormous level. Maybe, maybe you're winning 48 games a year or something like that, but you're not competing for a title. And you can't really extend Donovan because the TV money at that point is going to be too big. I think mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, I don't, even if Donovan like stays as the same guy, like someone's probably going to pay him more than you can extend him for. I would venture given where the TV money is shaping up to be then. I, I don't, 
I don't know. Like I, I, the more I think about this, the more I like really wonder if the Knicks like avoided being resigned to the middle for the next like five years, basically by not accomplishing this deal. Um, I know that like the case on the other side from like Knicks fans will be, well, we're pretty locked in now. We have, you know, RJ Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle. I think that those four guys combined will be making like what Jalen's at 25, RJ's at 26, um, uh, what uh, Randall's at like 25 and then Mitchell's at like 16. So that's like 90 or so, like let's mm-hmm. say 90 to 95 million. The way that the cap is playing is probably going to go up. You're probably going to end up in a position where you've pretty close to max cap space with just those four guys. And like, you can say like, yeah, we have to extend yeah. quickly and we have to extend Toppin, but like you can move those guys if you have to, um, yeah. or you can move Julius Randall if you have to, like I, I think they might be in a better position going forward. I think they still have more upside now than they would have if they would have acquired Donovan Mitchell, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. They they have upside, but if I'm a Knicks fan, I also have max cap space PTSD by this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's reasonable. And like, I, I, you know, if they would have accomplished this deal, they still would have had a couple of assets at least to maybe go and get like another pretty good player. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Like it, I don't think this was a no brainer for the Knicks is what I would say. Uh, And if you're the Knicks and you're going superstar hunting, where would you guys have Donovan Mitchell? Something like the 20th to 25th best player in the league? Something like that? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. about right. Like just below all NBA level. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, maybe he if, could get to all NBA If things hit right, level. he can make all NBA. Yeah, he can make 13 yeah. all NBA. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. Could end up like, you know, he's probably 20 to 25th right now. Could end up as like the 12th or 13th best player. Mm-hmm. If you're the Knicks, why aren't you aiming higher than that? I guess is like kind of my thing. They always you, have, but you have, but, but like but you have still. the assets to actually trade for someone though. Like you're not, yeah. requ- you're not relying on free agency. You now mm-hmm. still have the assets. If like Kevin Durant comes available, let's yeah. say, uh, to go and get Kevin Durant now instead, or go and get, um, you know, Anthony, let's say Anthony, let's say LeBron is unhappy with the Lakers and demands a trade to Cleveland or something like that. Right. I'm literally just speculating. I'm not reporting that that's like a possibility. Um, what do you do with Anthony Davis? Like I'd rather have Anthony Davis than Donovan Mitchell. Um, like there, there are, I think there are avenues where they can wait now and get a better player than Donovan Mitchell, I guess is my point that could give you theoretically more upside long-term. Yeah. I don't disagree, but it's just like but banking you on do. a lot of things, yeah. but I do disagree <laughs> because it's banking on like the whole idea yeah. is that yeah, yeah, yeah. these guys, these guys have to develop these guys who are trade assets. Now, like you're relying on Tibbs to develop these guys when he was playing Obi Toppin, like 14 minutes a game last year. <laughs> like, is that really going to change? Is Obi Toppin going to become like a, a better asset moving forward as a trade asset? And then probably not. Moving, you're probably right here to be probably honest. not. Yeah. And then also moving forward, there's going to be, other teams that also still have a lot of stuff like Cleveland. We weren't talking about them at all. They came out of nowhere and said, yes, we're willing to do this. Like stars cost money and Cleveland was willing to do do it. Podcast about every day. Yeah. Andrew, what team? The thunder, the thunder, thunder. they're going to be right around the corner. 
that's a team that's been rumored to have quite a few uh, picks from what I hear. But it could be Houston. Like it could be San Antonio in the future. Like Freaking there's going Utah, to be more which is teams. Utah that just Utah? got all these picks. You think like, they're not going to be looking for somebody in a few years? I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I get the fit concerns, but there was a multi-time young all-star who was locked up for three years who wanted to go to the Knicks and they didn't get him. And I think on some level, that's a failure. And maybe that yeah. better player comes along in the future, but you're just betting on a lot of stuff when you know you had the deal. Like They, they yeah. could have gotten it done. And apparently they offered the deal at the beginning of July, according to Woj, yeah, that's the that other would have thing gotten the deal this. done. Like, yeah, this this is all like academic in terms of like should the Knicks have offered more? Should the Knicks they offered more? Like yeah, <laughs> according to Woj, which you guys told me, and Woj, you know, obviously reported, um, in a Donovan Mitchell package, they included R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first round picks. Like, yeah, the Knicks felt that way, I guess. Like at one point, mm-hmm. so you know, uh, you're right, Alex. Like you're you're. What you're saying is maybe it's not right. It's not wrong, I guess, is what I would say. And what I'm saying is not wrong. (laughs) Like, it's, I think that this is not a no brainer situation either way, I guess, is my point. Right. Like, where they are in their, like, I think the Knicks are a little bit further away. I think that last year in the bubble, where they won 40, would they win 46 games, 47 games, not in the bubble, but in the um, season with no fans. Right. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. They won like 46 games or something like that. I think that that completely like threw off expectations for where this team was in its rebuild. They won, they won 41 games. Oh, wow. they won 41 games that year that they were in a, a four seed in a, seven, oh, in a 72, oh, yeah, 72 win. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so it's like the, 40, I don't know what the 46 is, to 47 yeah. would have been yeah. the equivalent. Um, yeah. yeah. So like, I think that they, I, I guess that what I would say is I think that that year in conditions, unlike anything the NBA has ever seen, like in a totally weird screwed up season that like, yeah, I think that the further and further we get away from it, we kind of recognize like, hey, some guys had like crazy outlier shooting years that year. Why did that happen? Right? Are you meaning to tell um, me you don't think Julius Randle is a second team All NBA player? I mean, that's what happened. Right. I mean, that's like, that's kind of wild like that. to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like that's exactly right. So like, I get it. I just I get why the Knicks fan base thought they were closer than they are. I just think that it's possible that year and the addition of like Jalen Brunson and like the fact that they paid people this summer, Mm -hmm. it might've thrown off the expectations a little bit for this front office and it might've pushed them a little bit more toward trying to win now when I'm not sure that's what's best for them. Like it it feels like if here's the thing, it feels like to me, this is the ultimate skipping steps move. Right. What they did with Jalen Brunson and Don like tried to do with Donovan Mitchell this summer. It feels like the ultimate skipping steps move. And I don't think you can win in the NBA by skipping steps unless you get a top five player, unless you skip steps by getting a top five, top seven guy. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I just think that they have been trying for a long time to get that (laughs) top five guy. And it's been pretty rough. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We're going to move on to the NBA draft. First, before we move on, did you know that Darius Garland's nickname, one of his nicknames, is DG the PG? You guys ever called him that? Mm, no. I kind of like that. Yeah. Never, never heard of that before. Okay, the 2023 draft. We are still months away from the start of college basketball, but the 23 draft class is already getting tons of hype, mostly due to the excitement over Victor Wimbanyama and Scoot Henderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are draft evaluators thinking about this class nine months before the draft, and how does the excitement about the draft class compare to previous classes at a similar point in the draft cycle? I think that evaluators are very excited about the top of this draft. Um, Victor Wembanyama, while I have my general questions and concerns just about his injury track record at this, at this point as someone who... You could tell me he's going to measure anywhere from like seven three to seven four and a half, um, whenever he like gets measured, and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, given that he has already suffered a few injuries uh, and is that big, and the track record of guys being that big in the NBA is not like all that long in terms of players staying healthy, I have like very mild concerns about that right now. But his talent is off the charts. Like it is. It is like watching Rudy Gobert if he had like the coordination to be able to like take pull up jumpers and mm. like make plays in space. It's it's just a different beast. Uh, Victor Wembanyama led Euroleague last year in block shots at like 18 years old. That's impossible. <laughs> like that is not a normal thing to do like his 17 slash 18 year old year. And like, he wasn't playing, like he played like half starters minutes. Like it, he's ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. defensively he's insane. He has really good coordination. He has potential to be an absolutely incredible drop coverage defender. I think his anticipation is really good. Obviously is like incredible length. Like if you told me he came in at like a seven ten, seven eleven wingspan, that wouldn't blow my mind. Um, like he is, (laughs) Yeah, like it, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I don't think that I don't have a great gauge on how tall he is, is the thing, because he's like very clearly taller than like most of the guys on the court that he plays against, like all of the guys that he plays against on the court. Yeah. And like you look at that photo of him compared to like Chet and Zach. Right. Edie, huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. From the U19s last summer. And like he's taller than those guys. Zach Edie's seven foot four. Like Zach yeah. I was going to say, I heard somebody dude. say seven, five the other day and I was like, okay, it, I'm telling you, like, if you told me that Victor is in that range, 
I don't know if he's seven five, but like if you told me he's seven three to seven four, I would not be surprised by that at all. And uh-huh. he's always had real length. Like he's always been like, you know, something in the vicinity of like a plus like six plus five wingspan guy. Like I'm telling you, like if he's just a bit short of an eight foot like wingspan, that wouldn't stun me at all. Like that's how big he is. And he wow. uses it. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like you feel that length on the court defensively. Like he completely mm-hmm. closes off angles. Like he completely closes off the rim. It, it's watching him defend is different. Like it, 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 he changes the geometry of the court with his length in a way, in like a similar way to how Rudy Gobert does. Um, offensively, he is not very, I think it's worth saying like he is not very effective offensively right now. Like he shot, I think like right around, I think he shot like a little bit under 40% last year from the field. And he shot like probably 29 from three or something like that. Andrew, you can test me on that to see how mm-hmm. close I was. Um, he is a bit inefficient. He is a, when he's not dunking, like guys can get into his body and like into his core because he's, he's a better frame than Chet, but like he is, not like overly strong yet because his body is so elongated. Um, and you can like kind of knock him off his line a little bit if you kind of get into his chest some. Um, he also takes like some funky shots because he's, you know, to quote Bruce Dickinson, exploring the studio space a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he he's really trying to check what, check that cowbell and learn to see what's going on. And he takes some tough shots, but I think that like, it's the kind of situation where he's learning and he's seeing what his limitations are. And I'd rather see that from him than anything else, I guess is what I would say. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Euro league, Euro league. He's shot 34% from the field, 30% from three. Am I reading this yeah. right? Yeah. He shot 34% yeah, be about right. from the field. Mm-hmm. He took a lot. He takes a lot of three he takes a lot of threes and he takes like not a crazy amount of shots at the rim right now um, yeah very limited huh. amount of shots he was 32 of 92 from yeah, the field okay. yeah he's like not like a huh. huge um, he's not like a super effective offensive player yet but you can see the talent you can see the yeah. gifts there um, 15 free throws in 13 games yeah i i will say like Everyone is writing this like writing this off as like a done deal that he's the number yeah, one yeah. pick. I, yeah. I'm I don't like look. I think he would go number one on September. I think third is when this is getting released, right? Like I think he'd go number one if the draft was held today, mm-hmm. September third, twenty twenty two. I don't think it's a guarantee at all that he goes number one on june hmm. when is the draft 25th 26th 20 something something, like that, yeah. 2023 mm-hmm. um hmm. scoot henderson's really good like scoot henderson is special he is a special special athlete he is uh explosive as all hell he has a great feel for passing uh he has real body control has real ability to like get up and down and um also like kind of contort his body in midair. It's not quite like John Morant level in terms of like the hang time and the body control and like how unique he is in that regard. But it's 
it's not far off. Like there are so mm-hmm. few guys that like play in that stratosphere athletically. Scoot's like at the lower end of the John Morant stratosphere, but like he's in the same stratosphere, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. And his name um, is Scoot. And his name is Scoot. Really cool. Can't it's emphasize a cool that name. Enough. Yeah. He's another one that did not shoot well from distance last year. I will say I have more uh, hope for him. Like, I think he's probably going to be okay as a shooter long term. Um, he needs to bring it this year, though. Like needs to like yeah. prove that he can knock down pull up shots on some level. I think last year he was probably at like twenty eight percent from three, something like that. But he shot like eighty percent from the line, and it doesn't look that bad coming out from the mid range. Um. Okay, I want to ask you about uh, Wembenyama because I feel you might have answered this, but you know he's likely number one pick. He's talked about so highly, yeah. scouted for years. What is a season look like as far as scouting him? Like you already know so much, like what elements of his games do you still have questions about that you'll be focusing? Is it, is it looking at his offense to see has his offensive game developed at all since last year? Yeah. So he's going to play for uh, Metropolitan's 92, which is not a Euro league team. Uh, He he has changed teams over the course of the summer. And Mm. I think it's going to be, good for him to because I think that's more where his offensive game is in line now with I think that like it'll probably be beneficial for him to play more French league games than to play like a ton of Euro league games and like get the experience there Uh, he's gotten that experience already he was effective in that experience for sure but offensively I think it would help him to be able to play at just like a slightly lower level where he can expand himself a little bit more and that's what I'm looking for. I, I would like to see him be much more efficient. I'd like to see him in a situation where they utilize him more in ball screens and let him try and get downhill and like see if he can finish in that regard. Um, I would like to see him hopefully take a leap as a shooter, certainly. But again, like everyone is acting like it's a done deal because of his tools that he's going to be the number one overall pick. And based on a tools perspective, he is very clearly like the most talented player in this draft class. No questions asked. Um, But he needs to show some things. And like he probably, let's be honest, like guys that go from 18 to 19 years old, they get drastically better at basketball. I think the odds are he probably will show them. But he needs to show the offensive play and he needs to stay healthy throughout the course of the year. I, I think those are the two aspects that I'm looking for. What about the international class more generally? Because obviously Victor boosts the international <laughs> class on his own, but I know last year was pretty weak. Are there other international prospects out there that you're excited about that people should be keeping their eyes on? Yeah, there are some good international prospects this year. Uh, one of them is actually coming over to play in the G League this year, City Sissoko. He is a like six foot six, has like a frame kind of like Jimmy Butler almost a kid from France who played a lot of point guard. He played in Spain um, last year and played a lot of like point guardy, like kind of combo guardy minutes. And you could see real passing ability. He has a good looking shot that like looks developable, but hasn't really gone in yet. Um, Wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up being a first round pick. Like he's a guy that I think has a real, real chance. I just, I wonder what it looks like in the G league next year. He making the leap from like 
Spain's second division to the G League is a pretty big leap. Um, but I think he'll probably be okay. Uh, let's see here. Who else do I have on my list? I'm like trying to grab some names for you. Uh, Leonard Miller is another guy that's going to be with the G League Ignite, it seems like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously played in the Ontario Scholastic Association last year, declared for the 2022 NBA draft and um, was not all that impressive when he went to the uh, NBA combine, ended up returning um, or ended up declining to enter the 2022 draft at the end of the day. He withdrew. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, You know, a guy that has incredible uh, ball handling ability at six foot 10 can really pass it. Uh, at a fairly high level uh, as an on-ball player. Uh, Doesn't have a ton of explosiveness right now and is working through the shot. Like, I don't like his shot mechanics at all. He does have some touch that I think is workable and he will improve um, as he gets further and further training. But that's another international guy to watch that'll be with the Ignite. Uh, Who else here do we got? Uh, Nikola Juricic is a kid that's with mega really fun, like creative player, six foot six, uh, you know, plays like a, like a really exciting brand of basketball. Like he tries to take guys off the bounce. Like he'll try and dunk on you when he gets his opportunity. Um, you know, more of an on-ball player though, that has some separation concerns athletically, uh, long-term, despite the fact that he has a very creative mindset. If he has a good year with mega could go as high as, you know, the top 15. If he has a poor year, could be like a second round guy. Um, Ryan repair is going to be over here, uh, with the New Zealand breakers. Uh, you know, very, very long, like six foot five, six foot six with like a seven foot one wingspan, like very, very long, uh, player, uh, still working through the offense plays very hard though. Good transition player, good defensive player, but th- there are a few guys, you know, Ariel hook Porty is a guy that declared for the draft a couple years ago. I thought was not very good, but came over here, played for Melbourne United last year. And I thought had a great year, uh, as their backup center behind Joe Luol Chul. Um, you know, James Najee is a big guy for uh, Barcelona. Like, uh, you know, I could go on and on. Like, there are some interesting flyers, but um, because of Victor and because of Sissoko and some of those guys, I would say this is definitely a better international class than last mm-hmm. year. Um, it's just where it kind of – they need some of these, you know, flyer types to come through is what I would say mm-hmm. to make it like a really strong international class. Yeah. So, so one of the other criticisms about the 22 class is the lack of point guard depth. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have Scoot, who's like the real prize, but is, are there more point guards in this draft than there were last year? Yes, and I would say like more combo-y types. Uh, okay. You know, uh, like guys who can play on the ball. Um, Amon Thompson, I think, is just like a straight-up point guard. Uh, he is, okay. you know, six foot six, but he is like a real passer and playmaker. Uh, really, really high level uh, vision. Uh, he, he is really, really high level vision, really, really high dribble, high level live dribble passer as well. Um, incredible athlete, like Zach Levine level, like when he came out of UCLA athlete, hmm. uh, that special in terms of it. Um, plus can handle the ball in transition, can do some stuff. Re- really impressive player. Um, he is definitely a point guard. There are some other combo guards like Keontae George, Kaysen Wallace, like Nick Smith plays on ball. Turquavion mm-hmm. Smith plays on ball. Uh, Anthony yep. Black is a six foot seven kid for Arkansas that like mostly is a point guard right now. Um, can really handle it at a high level. Um, 
you know, Amari Bailey's a point guard at UCLA. That's a freshman that frankly, I've kind of heard some mixed things about whether or not teams think he's going to be a one and done. Um, you know, it, it's a better point guard class. It's not a, uh, like, it's not like the 20, what was that? 2017 draft where it was like, Oh, we got Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball and Dennis Smith. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, who, who else was in that? There, I think there were like five of them. And then Donovan Mitchell was in that class as like a lead ball handler. And, you know, you, you can go up and down the list. It's not quite that class, but it, between Scoot De'Aaron and Fox Amin, was in that class, I think. De'Aaron so, Fox was yeah. in that class. That's right. Yeah. Um, between Scoot and Amin, um, it, it's going to be a high, it's going to be a much better point guard class than what it was last year. It, we'll just see where the depth falls, I think. So you mentioned Amon, and he's playing for Overtime Elite. They've had three players signed with NBA teams, but they have not yet had a player drafted, which is likely to change this year with the Thompson Twins. As a result, there's going to be a lot more focus on OTE. So for those who don't really know OTE, like myself, could you give us some background? Like, who do they play? What is the competition like? And how does evaluating prospects in that setting compare to other leagues? Yeah, so like... uh you know, last year they played against each other a lot. Right. And they played like a few prep schools, certainly uh, across the country, but they, they play prep schools and they play, um, you know, internal games where there are like three teams there last year. I think there might be more this year um, where they play internal games. And look, frankly, the level is lower than college basketball. Right. It just is. Um, it's probably somewhere in between high school basketball and college basketball. Um, what I will say is that this year there are going to be many more opportunities to see them at a high level. Like right now, like literally as we're speaking, they're overseas and they're playing, um, pretty high level, uh, teams right now. Like they're playing teams in Spain that are professional, uh, in September, or I guess like in a week, they play mega who has Nikola Jurisic and they have like really interesting young players, Malcolm Casalone. Like they have some other guys that are pretty good. So like, we're going to get to see even before the end of like mid September, what kind of, we're going to get to see better quality of competition from OTE this Mm -hmm. year. But a lot of what they do is training. Like the Thompson twins are in the gym twice a twice a day training and working hard and improving their game. And um, I think that it's going to be really interesting. Like this, these two are definitely the first high level draft prospects they had last year uh, yeah. or have had yet. Uh, Dominic Barlow. I was a bit surprised that he went undrafted last year, um, but he's a guy that really showed improvement. I thought in the OTE system last year as a guy that, you know, was, a borderline top 100 recruit in the country uh, entering last season. Uh, he was a you know freshman that basically did a prep year at uh, freshman age that basically did a prep year at OTE. And he got much better, like much, much better from when he was in New Jersey in high school to when he was uh, done with his OTE year. He got better handling the ball, shooting the skill set level that uh, OTE has, you know, made these guys better at is real at this point. Um, it's just, how are we going to evaluate them? I think these games here in September will be very beneficial. And, um, you know, hopefully we get to see them in some really high level high schoolish games, uh, before the draft. Cause that, that'll be, I think also really beneficial. The other part I will note is that because of NIL and the, uh, improvement of 
collegiate basketball players' lives in the fact that they can actually make money now. Um, players have started signing with OTE uh, to go and get better while maintaining their collegiate eligibility. So the quality of the teams within OTE is going to be higher level this year because they have much higher level prospects as well. Hmm. Okay. So the, the Thompson twins, your first 2023 mock draft, you had them both in your top seven. How would you compare their games? Like what are some of the big differentiators between the two? Yeah, very different. Amin is a point guard. Asur is a wing. Um, you know, Amin is probably a little bit twitchier, I would say, as an athlete. Um, you know, can has like maybe a little bit more explosiveness, but look, Asor is like an unbelievable athlete. Like they're both just absolutely ridiculous athletes that throw down unbelievable dunks, highlight level blocks, like un, un unbelievable uh athletes, both of them. I would say Amen is like a genuinely special athlete. I would say Asor is like a you know, top five percent of the NBA athlete. Uh, like that, that's the kind of plane we're dealing with, with these two. Um, a sore, I think probably has better footwork on his drives and like is a little bit more technically sound. I think a sore, uh, has a better jumper right now as well. I think the mechanics are a little bit stronger. Uh, Amen is working through the jumper. It's a little bit wilder right now, but he's a much better distributor and passer than Asor is. So uh, they're both really good defenders. Amin a little bit better on the ball. Asor a little bit better off the ball. Um, just different. They play totally different roles because they grew up playing together. And, um, you know, I think they're both absolutely terrific prospects. So a couple other names in the top seven that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Derek Whitehead. Is it Derek? There's a Q at the Derek. end. Is that how I pronounce? Derek. Okay. Yep. Derek Whitehead and Cam Whitmore. Uh, Whitehead just had foot surgery, but he'll be back yep. in the fall and play for Duke, uh, while Whitmore will be with Villanova. Uh, both are 18 years old, 6'6 six, six wings. How would you compare their games? Whitehead, I would say, is more of like a 2-3 Whitmore, more of like a true like small forward almost. Um, okay. Whit, like traditionally, if like we're using like, you know, older school thoughts right sure. um, i like whitmore quite a bit more than i like to okay. whitehead um I, I like like whitmore is a very complete player i like the jumper uh, i think he gives great effort defensively he's tough as hell he's strong but with that strength he uses it very functionally on the court uh he's also a good athlete like he has really great hang time great body controls a finisher um i think he's gonna have an absolutely outstanding year i think that like if I was a betting man, um, which I'm not allowed to be anymore, um, I would uh, I would very strongly consider Cam Whitmore for uh, National Freshman of the Year uh, as a betting option if that's available at your books. Um, re really terrific, 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 and polished player. Uh, mm -hmm. Derek Whitehead is aggressiveness. Like, it's all aggressiveness all the time. He's a great straight-line driver, tough, physical um, working through the jumper, but it has a real good shot to shoot. Like I think a pretty solid percentage from three this year, uh, obviously just had the foot injury though. And, um, it seems like that happened in late August. Uh, you know, right is, you know, we're now September 3rd when this is coming out, but, um, 
That injury happened in like late August and he had to have quick foot surgery. They're anticipating that nothing's going to go wrong. Nothing is wrong and he'll be back playing in the fall and everything is fine. Obviously NBA teams are always worried about foot injuries because they completely and utterly um, are the base of everything you do as a basketball player. So, uh, you know, teams will want to get a look at that when he goes through the pre-draft process and, uh, hopefully he's healthy at the end of the day. Like that's the number one thing we all want to see Derek Whitehead try and throw down dunks on dudes off of straight line drives because he will do it multiple times this year. He's a fun, fun player, uh, that plays with real aggressiveness. Okay. Final question about the draft. Every year, it seems there's a player initially projected as either a mid to late first rounder, maybe even a second rounder, who shoots all the way up into like the early to mid lottery. Are there any obvious candidates for that type of move up the rankings this season, if you could predict? Yeah, good question. Um, I like Kaysen Wallace quite a bit. I don't know like what his role is going to quite look like at Kentucky yet. I'm trying to think of like... You know, guys that like really stand out. Maybe Brandon Walker or uh, Brandon Miller. I'm sorry, not Brandon Walker. Good God. Um, Brandon Miller at Alabama. He's a little bit older for a freshman, but he's been outstanding in Alabama's um, trips overseas. Or uh, do they do an overseas trip? Yeah, I think they did an overseas trip. Um, you know, he's been absolutely outstanding. He averaged like 25 points a game. Uh, I didn't love him coming in. I thought that like his defensive effort in the AAU circuit was not always there. And I thought that, um, you know, his, his overall three point shooting was not awesome. It looks like he's really improved the three point shot. It looks like he's a genuine three level scorer. If he shot up and ended up as like a top 10 pick, that would not surprise me at all. Um, and, and I don't have him listed right now on the mock. I, I was just, completely wrong to do that uh he i will have probably in the lottery maybe like top 20 ish guy uh okay. to start the year spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days i know i'm looking outside right now sun's out birds are chirping it's time to start getting outside uh, i know that i like to get outside and play basketball with my kids and honestly i need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys and Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Well, Sam, uh, thank you for answering all of our questions. Over 47 minutes of questions and your reward. <laughs> oh, is... no. Let, let's be clear. Let's be clear here. That was like. 40 minutes of me talking and like seven minutes of questions here because <laughs> I can't shut up. <laughs> well, uh, your reward for all of that is to play Andrew versus the beat our uh, weekly or bi-weekly trivia show where Andrew goes head to head with the beat writer or Sam Bassini. Uh, Sam, this is the Donovan Mitchell edition in honor of the Donovan Mitchell trade today. Uh, so I have come up with eight questions vaguely related to Donovan Mitchell you're going to give me a number between one and eight, a correspond to a question. Yep. If you get it right, you get two points. If you get it wrong, and you have a chance to steal for one. All I need you to start off, me off with is a uh, number between one and eight. So just real quick, though, the, the history yes, yes, yes. of this, though, uh, the yes, history of yes. Andrew and I. Um, Andrew, I think, has, like, obliterated me twice, right? I believe that's the case, yes. <laughs> like, just completely <laughs> annihilated me. I think so. I got him back last quarter time. point. Yeah, yeah. I, I demanded a quarter point at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I believe that last time I, that I come close to shutting Andrew out. Like it was very, yeah, yeah. You destroyed me. Yeah. 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 So I, I need this was, one. Yeah. This was after, was this after, this is after the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, so I need this one bad. Well, you're going to have Kay. to start by uh, picking a lucky number. Cause some of these go aren't easy. Seven. <laughs> what a great question to start off with. Oh, God. In a 2018 interview with GQ, Donovan Mitchell revealed that he eats the same thing for lunch and dinner on game days. The dish, which is commonly ordered before the main meal, but can be enjoyed on its own, was named after the Italian immigrant who invented it. What is the dish? Bruschetta? Bruschetta! Uh, That is incorrect. Andrew, yeah. you have a chance to steal. Can you think of a dish? Can be ordered before the main meal. It can be enjoyed on its own. It was named after the Italian immigrant who invented it. He actually invented it in Mexico. Would you believe that? At a hotel. What? They ran out of what? ingredients. He had to he had to cook something up real quick. Huh. And Donovan Mitchell eats it before every game. Lunch and dinner. Before every game. Lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> named after <laughs> Mr. Lasagna. <laughs> Peter no. lasagna. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it is actually a Caesar salad. It's his favorite food. Oh, Caesar salad. okay. And uh, he gets him his favorite place to get him from, Cheesecake Factory. So a little... okay. <laughs> it's very on brand for an NBA player. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he used to eat a, uh, a, a large Papa John's pizza before every Louisville practice and then finish the night off with a ton of candy. And so he said when he started eating more healthy... He went to the Caesar salad because it's like the most unhealthy salad, but he loves it. And it's still well, hey, I mean, salad. Now I know why he was a two-foot jumper in college. <laughs> wow. We, we had right, Papa Andrew. John eating like 40 pizzas in 30 days. Wasn't that the bit at one point? <laughs> yeah. The king? 
Uh, number one. Okay, number one. The rest of these, all basketball questions. Uh, other than Donovan Mitchell, there are three other players who went to Louisville and played in the NBA as recently as last season. How many can you name? And if you get all of them, oh, you could get three boy. points. Montrez Harrell? Uh, he did. Why was that yeah. not on the list? That's definitely right. Yeah, That's definitely right. Real GM. Yeah. Oh, no. Now there could Bing. be a lot more. Oh, Terry Rozier. Well, yeah, Terry Rozier. Yeah. One. yeah, there's two. You got two. Um, hmm. I know Sam's like thinking of like four others that I'm not oh, thinking oh of. Oh my gosh, there's 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 so, so many, many more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's definitely more than three. Just give oh, you, know three. you know what it was? It seems really low. No, it wasn't that. I can't even use that as an excuse. I was gonna say that they played with Donovan Mitchell. That's not the case. Okay, so you got two. Andrew, you can keep going, I guess. <laughs> is this the, is this the second time that this, the quiz master has fucked up the quiz? It's, it's not the second time. Okay, Andrew, this is a possible like thirty-five point question. Thirty-five. No, I, no, I don't think it's that many, but it's it's too many. I'll say oh, that. Just give him no. three, like the question was, to, and if he gets three out yeah, of thirty-five, okay, okay. Then and we're then good. Sam can yeah, get three potentially if you want to think of the last guy from. No, no. If, if he gets three, we'll call it. That's fine. No, because that that's the point of the question. Yeah, that's good. But but I just want to I just want to test your Louisville knowledge though. <laughs> yeah, I need to call Brett Dawson and get my get myself some Louisville knowledge. Oh that's a good man, question. how many of these uh, can I get? Okay, to be fair, there's actually. Not that many now that I'm looking at the list. Yeah. So actually, I f- I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm realizing these are guys who played in the NBA as recently as last year. Not all time. Okay. I would have guessed that there were like six for what it's worth. <laughs> okay. Well, I might give you a half point for that because I think that might be right. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andrew, any other I guess? Can't, I, I can't I name all six, but yeah. I don't know that I can name another Louisville Okay, player. good. I'm racking Sam, my brain. you have a chance yeah. to steal a point. If you just name one Louisville player who. Well, one of them is definitely Gorgie Jang. I know that. That is correct. Ah, Gorgie Jang. That's right. Ah, Gorgie Jang. Um, Any other names that you're thinking about? There are probably a couple where people are like losing their mind. Jordan Wara would be another one. Screaming at you. Yes, Jordan Wara. I'm uh, going to give you a point for this. I don't care what Andrew says. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think. So of like actually, re- the pro- there aren't like a ton of recent ones. Is the problem? Uh, um, sort yeah, of true. Fast. Uh, well, game. the one who played with Donovan Mitchell his freshman year and is now an NBA champion. I guess he might have been previously, but Damian Lee. Yeah, huh? that's right. I forgot he transferred uh, from uh, Drexel. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no recollection of uh, that. Uh, Huh? David Johnson. He played there for one year. Yeah, that was it. He was a grad transfer. Uh, and actually, that, I think that's it of guys who played last year. Yeah, because Dang Adele didn't. Dang Adele was in Australia last year, I think. Yes, and um, uh, Ch- Ch- Chunau uh, Onuaku. Chunanu Onuaku, yeah. Onuaku, he wasn't yeah. there. He was in okay. Europe. Well, you know what? After all that, tied 2 2. Okay, Sam, it's <laughs> your board. Wait, wait. T- yeah, okay, I got Wara. Yeah, okay, I'll take two. Number two. Tied 2 2. Question, two, two. Two. Question, two. Question number two. Okay, <clears throat> who were the two players Denver received back in the draft day trade of Donovan Mitchell to the Jazz? One point per correct answer. Oh, uh, Trey Lyles is one. 
Yes. Is it is it Tyler Lydon? Yeah, Tyler Lydon. Tyler Lydon. Yeah, oh great pull. That was a disaster at the time. Like that it that was, was uh, what are you doing deal uh, at the time. But I also thought Tyler Lydon was not very good, so I don't know. And you were correct. Uh, Andrew, uh, <laughs> you were now down. Three. Question number three. three. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Common theme. Won the 2018 Slam Dunk Contest over Larry Nance Jr. To secure his place in the finals, which celebrity did Donovan Mitchell jump over? Oh, boy. Think about all the celebrities you know. Donovan Mitchell jumped over one of them. I have no idea. Zero ID. No just want to throw a celebrity out there. What's the um, first celebrity? Denzel Washington. <laughs> Denzel, that would be something, wouldn't it? That would be cool. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. Pretty cool. That'd be I want that it to wasn't, happen. It wasn't him. Uh, Sam, do you know? I feel like the right guess on all of these like All Star Weekend things is Kevin Hart. So I'm going to guess <laughs> Kevin Hart. Well, I didn't even think about that, but that is absolutely correct. <laughs> yes, you should always guess Kevin Hart if it's an All Star question. <laughs> that is correct. Which honestly, wait, is it actually right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, it was Kevin Hart. Who who awesome. is like five foot something, and also right. bent over, bent like bent over when he jumped over him. Not super yeah, impressive, yeah. but he did win. Okay, Sam, you now have a commanding lead, five to two. Uh, okay, Sam, you have control of the board. Number six, you're up five to two. Number six, Donovan Mitchell will finish his Utah Jazz career just one hundred fourteen three pointers shy of being the Jazz's all time three point leader. So close. Who holds that record? and will now continue to hold it for this foreseeable future. Most threes in Utah Jazz history. I'm trying to decide if someone like in the last couple of years did this, mm-hmm. or if it's right. Jeff Hornacek. Like it's, mm. it's. I'm going to say Hornacek. Mm. Okay. But I don't think that's right now that I think about it. Okay. All right. All right. I'm just looking it up because that does sound right, but I don't think it is right. No, because he didn't. I don't think he played there long enough. Uh, he played he elsewhere to start his career. You know what's crazy? He's not even in the top 10. Would you believe that? Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise wow. me. Um, uh, Andrew, that means you have a chance to steal. Yeah. Okay. This is like made made threes. Total yeah. made threes. Yeah, made threes. That's a okay. good point. Donovan Mitchell is number one in attempts, if you're interested. Oh, is that right? Yes. <laughs> um, Made threes. What about Joe Ingles? Andrew? That is absolutely correct. And Andrew really? gets a point Good back. 1,071 threes. Andrew. Do I not get a bonus point because I'm in Australia? Like, what's happening here? Uh, Actually, I should not- lose a point because I didn't get it right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew, you're now, you have control of the board and you're within two. So you could tie okay. it up here. There's three questions left. Number four. Question number, number four. four. Donovan Mitchell currently holds the record for most three-pointers by a rookie with 187. Damian Lillard is second with 185. Which NBA player who was drafted in the last five years is third with 175 three-pointers made? Hmm. So it happened recently. Yeah. And uh, he came within uh, 10 of Dame. Pretty close. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Hmm. Hmm. That's a really hard question. Really is it a hard question? Is it that hard? Um, Anthony Edwards? I don't know. 
a great guess. He's number four. Missed out by four three-pointers. Uh, All right, Sam, you have a chance to take a commanding lead if you can get this. I'm like running through potential I think answers. I have another guess, but maybe it's a better guess. Oh, no. Were so... you going to guess Alex Abrinas? <laughs> Alex Abrinas? <laughs> no. Is it Landry Shamit? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that'd be a wild. That'd be wild if that was true. It's not. What about Trey Young? No, not Trey Young either. He wouldn't have been. Okay. I don't know. I, I guess he wouldn't have been in the last five. How many did Landry Shamit make? Someone. Well, all right. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, so the actual correct answer was Sadiq Bey. Oh, Sadiq okay. Bey. Yeah. Wouldn't have been my guess. I would have not yeah. gotten there. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Wow. Uh, Landry in his rookie season. You know what? Great guess, Sam. Uh, 167. <laughs> only four yeah, less like... <laughs> than Anthony Edwards, who is only five less than Sadiq Bey. Still wrong. Don't let Alex okay. make you feel bad. Don't let him. Don't let him make you feel bad. <laughs> okay. I was say, like I was not like terribly wrong there. <laughs> right. it, it wasn't right though. Okay. Uh, okay, Sam. Uh, there's two questions left. Number five or number eight. Let's you go. Number five. Win. Seal up the win right here. Donovan Mitchell has had two 50 point games in the playoffs, scoring 51 and 57 in the 2020 NBA playoffs. He is one of only seven players in NBA history to have multiple 50-point games in the playoffs. Can we name the other six? So you're going to give me a name, then Andrew will give me a name. We're going to go back and forth until one of you stumbles. So these are NBA history, players who have had multiple 50-point games in the playoffs. And there's only Uh, six others. Michael Jordan. A safe guess to start with. That is correct. He has the most... Michael Jordan is correct. Andrew. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, always a good guess for any of these type of questions. Yes, he is also on the list. Back to Sam. That was also my number two. So, yeah. Uh-oh. That's less fun. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Four names left. Four names left that have had multiple 50-point games in the playoffs. Oh, uh, this is gross. Um, like trying to run through like the best players of all time and like trying to think like which ones do I think did this? I mean, Jerry West? Sam, that is correct. Yeah. Jerry West wow. is right. right. Oh, Andrew, the pressure's on. Three names left. Can you get one of them? LeBron? LeBron James? Did not. No. No. You know who else didn't? Who was surprising? Hmm. Uh, Kobe. Hmm. Kobe never did it. Hmm. Kind of surprising. The other names. It is. Bubble Murray. Jamal Murray. Of course. Yeah, Yeah. that was my next one, actually. Uh, Damian Lillard. Not surprising. And uh, Hmm. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Wow. Well, uh, LeBron. Sam took a commanding seven to three lead. Andrew, you're dead in the water, but you can still get two points with this last one. Okay. Now that Donovan Mitchell has left the Jazz, who on the current Jazz roster has played the most amount of games for Utah in their career? Was it Bogdanovich? That is correct. It seemed a little tricky because it was obvious, but yes. So the final score, Sam Bassini beats Andrew Schlecht seven to five. Congratulations, Sam. Another win. Back-to-back wins. Wow. Two to two. Uh, I got got it back. (laughs) 
Ooh, rubber <laughs> rubber match next time. We got the rubber match coming up. Uh, Give it so up thanks so much for coming on the show. Please go read all of Sam's stuff uh, at the Athletic, and then go listen to the Game Theory podcast because it's awesome. And you can listen to Sam and Spins, and it's super fun. So please go do that. Also check out their YouTube channel. A lot of people are into watching YouTubes. Go check out their YouTube channel. Thank you, Sam. Of course, guys. Anytime. I'm always happy to do it. Thanks again to Sam Vicini for joining the podcast. Uh, before we go, Al, I'm going to read some five-star Apple Podcast reviews. If you leave us a review, we will read it right here on the podcast, just like Blind Man 374's review. Five stars with so much NBA content out there. I've become quite picky about which national podcasts I regularly listen to. I did not expect the Saturday Slam and Jam to be a weekly must-download, but they won me over with their off-the-beaten-path facts and insights about the team of the week, and trivia showdowns are always fun. I'll download the other shows if they cover topics of interest, but Slam and Jam is a regular. Thank you so much for that review. Uh, this next review comes from Wellburn Anchorage. It says, five stars. I've listened to all of Andrew's podcasts for the last six years. I just love how he and Alex so easily transitioned to covering the league at large. The format is so fun, especially trying to keep up with Alex's weekly rundown and listening to guests agonize over the trivia. Now, how do we finally get Hashim on the pod to get the true Andrew versus the beat? Cheers, fellas, and keep up the good work. From Josh Morrison. Thank you, Josh. And then our final review. Five stars. Must listen from OKC Sports Fan. Two great NBA fans with passion and genuine love for the game. Five stars. Thank you so much for those reviews. Again, if you want your review read on the podcast, please leave us five stars and we will read it. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. We will be back in two weeks. Maybe there'll be some more trades. Hopefully so. And stay locked into The Athletic, and we will talk to you guys again in two weeks.